630 Chad This Morning Podcast with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre. And if you've ever been to the Old Strathcona Market or, or taken, you know, um, a tour around Old Strathcona, done the White Ave Shuffle, you've probably seen this building. It's it's small, but it's super colorful, and it's smack dab right in the heart of Old Strathcona, right across the street from the, the Farmer's Market. The Old Strathcona Youth Society, it's going to move from that building, though. Um, their building, not safe, deemed the the city says you got to get out. So staff struggling to pack up without a place to go right now. Ian Pigeon joins us in studio. He is the executive director of the Old Strathcona Youth Society. And thanks for joining us in studio. Appreciate it, your time. Thanks for having me. So what happened? You you, you know, you're tickety-boo, you're, you're providing services to youth on the street and you get a letter? Yeah, so essentially what happened was um, in December, uh, a building evaluation was completed. And um, following the evaluation, the city essentially assessed that um, several repairs needed to be done. And it was to the point where, um, you know, looking at kind of the state of the building and the repairs that needed, they decided instead to um, uh, terminate uh, our lease agreement. And uh, we were given the move out date of March uh, 31st of uh, 2024. So it's, it's coming up soon. Yeah, less than 90 days. So tell us about the work you do. Well, uh, so I work at a youth drop-in center. We work with uh, young people uh, ages uh, 14 to 24. And um, a big part of what we do is we provide a safe space for for youth to meet. So if you can imagine being, um, uh, you know, unhoused, uh, these are unhoused vulnerable youth. Uh, Unhoused means that they um, were precariously housed, means that they're often sleeping rough. Um, they may uh, they may have be couch surfing things like that, but they don't have a safe place to go, and so uh, isolation is a really um, uh, danger kind of when it comes to this sort of situation in terms of you know they're they're handling a lot of um, difficult experiences. They have a history of trauma, and so they're coming to our space to be able to uh, get a reprieve from that. And um, what we do is we provide access to services. So it's true that there are services that are available to folks for sort of a ladder of intervention. The difficulty is how do you reach that first rung? So for instance, maybe you want to um, uh, maybe you require uh, housing, or maybe you require uh, access to um, uh, you know supportive income, um, but you don't have ID. So Mm. before any of those things can happen, you have to have ID, you have to be able to be regularly contacted, you have to have a mailing address. Well, when you're sleeping rough, you don't have a mailing address. So one of the things that we do is we'll set youth up with an ID. We're really there to kind of hold their hand and move them through the process and uh, to help them manage some of those strong emotions that come up when you really don't have other supports. So you do important work. Well, we think so. Yeah. Um, how are the kids doing? Uh, the, the kids doing that you're that you're seeing with with these with these temperatures? You know, I think that with these dangerous drop in temperatures, I mean, I've definitely seen um, you know uh, a, a spike in 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 those feelings of desperation. I would say that if there's anything that these uh, these young folks are, it is honestly it's resilient. Uh, their ability to navigate things that you know the average person would find frustrating you know whether it's a late bus whether it's having to go somewhere and find that it's closed um you know those things can throw a wrench in anyone's day and that's their that's their day-to-day all the day and they don't have a place to go home and to to kind of you know relax and feel safe and so to be able to manage this difficult temperature i mean i'm not going to say that there aren't a lot of strong emotions they're definitely you know they're scared um but you know, I think they're handling it far, far better in all honesty than, than some of us would. So. so how many kids do you help? Do you have a total throughout the year or in a month? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so 
on a day-to-day basis, it's approximately 50 youth, uh, which, you know, to give you some perspective, we're in a, a building that's about 1,400 square feet. So we're that's not, small. Yeah, it gets busy. Um, and so, you know, and that's, that's 50 pe- people coming in and out in the summertime. They're sort of hanging out uh, outside. There's a real community that's kind of formed in our space and approximately 200 unique individuals a month. Um, but to be very clear, uh, that is not reflective of the need. So if I had a bil- bigger building, <laughs> um, I could, you know, double or triple that size. There really are, you know, it's estimated 1,400 to 2,500 unhoused and vulnerable youth right now. The number is obviously difficult to count just to the transient nature of the situation. Um, and unfortunately, youth are often considered to be... Um, they're lumped into the larger kind of category of, of unhoused. They're not seen as uh, a distinct category when they, in fact, have very distinct needs given their vulnerabilities related to their age. All right. So you're out of the building at the end of March. Where are you going? Well, we don't know right now. Um, so, you know, the city has uh, informed us that they're they're looking for a potential location. But uh, at this point, I, I don't have an update as to if or when, and they did encourage us to find uh, alternative means. Um, So, you know, our our sort of first immediate crisis plan is to be able to find a temporary location for us to at least have the office space and storage space. Um, I'm hoping, you know, in collaboration with some of our uh, agency partners, we are a member of YAC, the Youth Agency Collaboration, um, that we're going to be able to find uh, a space. But um, obviously, uh, a lot of organizations are are struggling right now. So we're, you know, we want to you know, ask out to the community as well if they have spaces that, you know, can can lend or or, or rent to us at a reduced rate. Um, and then we're going to be doing a community outreach model. And so we're kind of developing what does that look like. A part of that will be meeting the youth where they are, walking mm-hmm. those sort of hot spots in the area, um, trying to find, you know, a warm space, whether it's, you know, potentially in a library or whatnot, where we can still connect up with those youth to get those important uh, access to services that are really the things that move them forward. What we're losing here is uh, that space that's safe, that's regular for them to be able to connect and have that sense of, um, you know, uh, belonging. And I don't have a building yet, but I'd like to stay in the Strathcona area because that's really where the need is. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. How is how important is it to be where they are? You, you know, there, there could be uh, some office space in an industrial area on the west end of town, but do you want something like that? Well, I mean, you know, when your car is out of gas, a gas station on the outside outskirts of the city doesn't help much. So I would say, you know, at this point, we'll if take... If they even have a car, right? They, well, yeah, in this case, they definitely don't have a car. Mm-hmm. But just in terms of, um, you know, as an analogy is, is that, you know, if you don't, mm-hmm. you know, a wheel when you've got no wheels on your car doesn't get you going. And so... Um, you know, with our with our youth, I think remaining in the area where it's close to access to bus routes. Um, you know, we're really close to Yes right now, which is the only uh, youth um, uh, like there's only, it's the only place where there are beds available in the evening, and there's only 16 beds in total. So yeah, <laughs> so that's not enough. It's not enough. So oftentimes they're leaving our services early to try to line up to get a space there. Um, so you know, either in the Strathcona area, that Bonnie Dune area. I mean, I'll, I'll honestly, we'll take what we can get, um, but it's tricky because you want to find an area where you're um, you're also not putting them in a space where there are other issues as well, if that makes sense. It does. Uh, what If people are listening and, and they want to help, how can they? 
Well, I mean, right now we're kind of in the, the building and, 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 and planning phase. So, I mean, obviously the easiest way to help is to, to support us with funding to, so that we can have more options when it comes to leasing uh, or purchasing a building. Um, if you have a building uh, and you are wanting to provide us with temporary space, uh, you know, reaching out and, and offering that would be helpful. Um, at some point, I am going to be looking for sort of volunteers as we move into a, a, an outreach model. Um, assuming, of course, we don't find a building, which is kind of what we're planning for. Um, but uh, in the interim, you know, uh, warm jackets, hats, gloves, uh, all of those things are, are really needed right now. Are they going to tear down the building? Is there any way you could pay for repairs or is it beyond repair your little building? Um, I haven't seen the report myself, okay. so I don't know the details of, of what's wrong with the building. It was uh, something that I inquired about. Mm -hmm. um, it, at this particular point, it's not available for purchase. Oh, okay, because I'm thinking maybe contractors might be able to volunteer their services to, to to get it up to code if 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 they could, but that that doesn't even sound like an option. It, to my knowledge, it's not an option. I mean, we would certainly be amenable to that, um, but that would be a conversation that would have to happen with the city. Well, I know it's really tough now, but maybe there might be a bright side where you get more space and you can help more kids and, and you can do more things and maybe even expand your services. But right now, I guess you're you're in the bit of a weeds and a bit of a panic mode, wondering where you're going to go next. Absolutely. I mean, the thing that I'm, the message I'm trying to push is that we do have a plan and my staff are highly capable. You know, I've been in the industry for a long time and um, I have never seen such a dedicated, hardworking, um, knowledgeable and experienced staff. And so we're not going anywhere. It just means that our services, you know, unfortunately, some life-saving services are going to change, but we are excited at the opportunity, even if it's not on our timeline. Um, our current building, as much as we love it, um, doesn't allow for us to do things like laundry um, or to actually prepare food. So mm -hmm. we're left having to do a lot of like shelf stable things and we would love to be able to even do you know some crock pot cooking and, nice. and things yep. like that yeah well good luck and uh, people can get a hold of you by by calling the society yeah so our, our numbers on our, our website is mm -hmm. www.osys.ca so o-s-y-s um, we're also on instagram and um, you can email us uh, my email is edirector at osys.ca um, and so either email phone call will be by the phone all the time answering <laughs> questions with the youth and, and the community as well. All right. Thanks for joining us, Ian. I really appreciate it. And hopefully you get a new building and it's even better than the old one. And uh, you can even expand your services and, and help more kids. I appreciate what you're doing in our community. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Ian Pigeon is executive director of the Old Strathcona Youth Society.